got big news for you, Johnny. I figured out a new theme song for the show. I don't have a theme song. Well, for this the show. is all part of the rebranding. Remember, you said you want to relaunch the I brand. I never said that. Never said that well, either. This is the first step toward relaunching the brand. Uh-huh. Johnny 2.0. Now close your eyes. Picture this. Uh-huh. It's a black screen. Suddenly, you have like a, a moonrise coming up over the horizon, like in 2001. Again, it, it, you, it is a radio show, right? Shh. shh. Suddenly, theme music starts. We see Jonathan Goldstein walking towards us. Camera's far away. There's no camera. Right away, the show is starting on a much higher level of energy. Then, but I'm creating an expectation, maybe an energy level that I can't, I can't fulfill. That's what and I'm then, talking about. I'm saying let's build a bigger mountain right next to that mountain. So you start at the top of that mountain, you jump but, onto the mountain next to it, yeah, and you keep going up to a higher mountain. Well, that's the thing. I can't jump to the next mountain. You know, you're already I, at like seventeen thousand feet, and you keep going up with some sherpas and oxygen bottles. Well, who do you think I am? I think you are the Sir Edmund Hillary of radio. Oh, it's very nice that you've acknowledge the fact that I am on radio. And I am your Tenzin Gyoto. That was his Sherpa. I don't think you're getting what I'm saying, so I'm going to lay down some bass tracks for you, okay? You've heard of must-see TV? This is going to be must-hear radio. Uh-huh. Right now, what you got is musty radio. We're going to open up a window. We're going to let a little fresh air in. Let me, let me just show you an example of what I'm talking about, all right? Okay. It sounds a little bit like this. Okay. I mean, I haven't worked at all the lyrics uh, yet, yeah. but it'll be something about how you're back. Like after a you, station break. I don't think that it's Each in a younger demographic. You've never listened nope. to the show, I got another one for you. Another one for you. My name is Jonathan I, I, you know, I think you're, re- you're, you're actually trying to destroy me. How about this one? You're listening to Wiretap with Jonathan Goldstein on CBC Radio 1 and Sirius Satellite Radio 137. Today's episode, Fortune's Fool. He and his father were in the basement watching a video when they heard his mother start to scream. Neither he nor his father paid it very much mind. This was because his mother was a high-strung woman who was always screaming. If a bowl of cereal so much as spilled onto the kitchen counter, she'd scream as though being tortured by Cossacks. But when the screaming did not stop, and they heard her run out of the house, he and his father knew something was really up, so they paused the video, ran upstairs, and looked out the open front door. And right there, in front of the house, they saw the family station wagon in flames. He ran outside, and so did his father. And with no particular plan, they each ran back and forth from one end of the burning car to the other. His father would run one way, and he would run the other. And occasionally, one of them would stop, slap their thighs, and curse. As they did so, the neighbors just stood there watching. And among the neighbors was Andrea. Andrea lived nearby. She was an attractive, bespectacled girl in his 10th grade chemistry class. A shy kid by nature, he had been secretly hoping for an opportunity to speak with Andrea for months. And now an opportunity, a big, burning, station wagon-shaped opportunity, had been dropped in his lap. So what's new? Andrea asked, walking over to him. Andrea, a bright girl, had a very highly evolved sense of irony, and he wanted to show her that he had one too. No, nothing much, he said. 
He said this as his family's car burned with an intensity that made his t-shirted back feel on fire. That's good, she said. Yeah, I know it is, he said. He vowed to himself to keep up the back and forth with Andrea for as long as it took to make her see that he was a man who embraced his bad luck, was at ease with it, wore his horrible, embarrassing luck like a comfortable, well-worn sweatshirt. He would keep up the banter until the fire engines came, until the hoses were turned on, until his weeping mother was dragged into the house and comforted with fistfuls of Ativan. You know, I was sick on Monday, Andrea said, once the fire engines and rubberneckers had disappeared. Can I borrow your notes on amino acids? Sure, he answered. So bring them over to my house later tonight, she said. And she turned around and walked away. And in spite of the burnt station wagon mere inches away from him, he smiled, not yet having realized that his chemistry notes were in the back seat of the car. He was an unlucky teenager who grew into an unlucky adult. And although he worked hard to remind himself that things weren't really so bad, that he had good friends, a loving family, he even had his own radio show, he still could not shake the feeling that he was living under a dark cloud. Professor Wiseman, do you believe in luck? I certainly believe that there are lucky and unlucky people out there. So in our research, we monitored the lives of about a thousand exceptionally lucky and unlucky people, and you could see very big differences. So the, the lucky people, always in the right place at the right time, falling on their feet, and, and so on. The unlucky people, life was a, a catalogue of disaster, always losing raffles and lotteries, never find a parking space when they need one, and, uh, and so on. And I think, yes, to that extent, luck exists. But I think for the most part, we're making that own luck by uh, the way we're, we're thinking and behaving. And so, and so, once you had these people who were who were who considered themselves lucky and unlucky, what was the next uh, step in, in in your experiment? Well, it was a, a two-step process. Uh, first of all, we spent about eight years monitoring their lives, getting them to take part in experiments, questionnaires, uh, and, and so on, to try and understand how it was they were creating their own good and bad luck. We could see that lucky people are very optimistic. Uh, they went to lots of parties. They had a big network of friends. Uh, when an opportunity came along, they weren't scared of, of, of making the most of it, of changing direction uh, to sail with the wind rather than against it. Um, the unlucky people were the opposite. Uh, they tended to be the social isolates. Uh, even when something did come along, they, they were kind of stuck in a rut and, and didn't want to change their ways. So we could see very big differences. And the final step of the, the project was this, these uh, series of experiments called Luck School, where we got people to think and behave like a lucky person. We could actually increase their luck. And, and did, this, did this end up uh, working for them? We know that for around about two-thirds of people, there was a significant and positive change. So it doesn't work with everyone, but it does work with the majority. And, and so w with regard to the people that don't end up ch changing their luck, do you ever conclude that, that, that certain unlucky people 
are, are actually attracted to their lack of luck or want to remain unlucky in some way? And why, why do you think that would be? Well, I, I think it's tricky with that one-third of people that don't change. They kind of enjoyed their bad luck. It was mm. that notion of, if I wasn't unlucky, I'd have no luck at all. And, and so they enjoyed going to parties and being the person that always dropped the glass or bumped into the table or whatever. And, and, and so those people sort of deep down didn't want to change. So, so what were some of the um, what were some of the things that you had them do to help to help change their their attitude? Well, there's all sorts of things. I mean, just something as simple as keeping a luck diary, which is at the end of each day, just writing down two or three of the positive things that have happened, no matter how small, can help refocus your attention on those things. A luck diary. A luck diary, which is quite a fun thing to be doing anyway. If you do that for around about a month, then it starts to um, change the way in which you see yourself. And, and what are, so what are, what are some examples of things that people put down in, in their luck diaries that you've seen? Well, initially, most of the unlucky people we were working with would really struggle with that. You know, the first few days, they're saying, well, nothing's happened at all. And then it might be something as simple as just finding a coin on the street, uh, mm. a parking space when they needed one, uh, just very simple things, bumping into a friend they didn't expect to meet in a coffee shop, just very simple things to start with. Mm. But then over time, you can see that starts to build. What would be the first thing that one would do in, 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 in starting uh, such a journal? It, it really is pretty straightforward. I mean, we ask people to get some sort of notebook to keep it by their bed, to write down two or three things that have happened that were positive and they thought were fairly lucky. Huh. Uh, thank you so much for talking, Professor Wiseman. Okay, thank you. See you later. Bye-bye. Luck Diary Entry Number 1 Thursday, 4.30 p.m. The notebook I am using to keep you in has a monkey wearing a party hat on the cover. Ever since childhood, I have been possessed of a love of monkeys. And, lucky for me, it was the last notebook of its kind at the dollar store. I think I'm going to enjoy keeping this Luck Diary. Luck Diary Entry Number 24 Friday, 11.30 a.m. I rushed over to answer the phone today, but missed the call. As it turned out, it was Howard. According to his voice message, he had wanted me to listen to the version of Bohemian Rhapsody he'd been teaching himself to play on the kazoo. And lucky for me, I was spared 15-odd minutes of shenanigans. Time better spent writing in you, my dear luck diary. Luck Diary Entry Number 25, Monday, 8.04 a.m. Getting on the bus to go to work today, I realized I did not have my bus pass. But after several frantic minutes spent picking through all of my pockets, I finally found it sandwiched between some Canadian tire money and an unmailed magazine subscription card. Lucky for me, I did not end up having to pay the $2 and change for a bus ticket. But as I showed my pass to the driver, he scowled at me for holding up the line. Sweaty and frazzled, I went looking for a seat. There were none. Luck Diary Entry Number 42 Tuesday, 5 p.m. 
It's already five o'clock in the afternoon, and Howard hasn't phoned once today. Without Howard calling every few minutes, I was able to get a lot more work done, and so I could leave the office early today. I might even take a nice, relaxing stroll home if this godforsaken thunderstorm ever lets up. Luck Diary Entry Number Forty Three, Wednesday, four twelve p.m. I have not heard from Howard in a couple of days. Not a single word. No frantic phone calls telling me how he has accidentally flushed his passport down the toilet. No phone calls at 2 a.m. to ask me if he can come by and borrow grape jelly for the sandwich he's preparing, or to merely recount to me in agonizing detail the amazing game of foosball he's just played. I am slightly concerned about his whereabouts, but I am also feeling lucky for the peace and quiet. Hello. Hello. Howard. Well, I'm happy you're there. Uh, long time no hear. What What's going on? Oh, I'm so sick. I'm so sick, John. Well, well what's wrong? I'm actually in a waiting room in the doctor's office right now. What What happened? Oh, I did something bad. I hurt myself. I don't know. I'm kind of embarrassed. Well, Howard, you're 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 sort of worrying me. What What did you do no, to yourself? No, it's okay. It'll be taken care of. The doctor will take care of it. Well, did, did you have an accident? Yeah, kind of. Did you break anything? Well, no, not really. It's kind of more inside my tummy. I did something kind of dumb. Well, not dumb. I thought it was edible. Okay, what did you do? I, I ate a chocolate bar wrapper. You ate a chocolate. Why did you do that? I didn't know. Well, how how could you not know? It looks like it's part of the chocolate bar. Well, it it tastes. It's paper. It didn't taste like paper. I thought it was a candy coating. But but what I don't understand is how did you manage to eat the entire thing? Like like, like I'm I'm just wondering like why I mean after a couple bites you must have realized you were eating a wrapper why didn't you stop? Are you trying to make me more sick? You know what we may say it was an unlucky thing to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be judged because I did something wrong. I've been here for two hours already waiting to see Doctor Tezuka and I really need like some support. What, what? Miss, I'm number fourteen. Can you please get the doctor here, please? Right, number eight. Miss? Well, what, what's Dr. Tzuka going to do for you? Remove the wrapper, I figure. I don't really want to pass this. Well, how, how's he going to do that? It's fresh. That's only been, it's only been since 6 this morning. You were eating a chocolate bar at 6 in the morning? It was a pre-bedtime snack. Oh, I'm so sick. I don't feel so good. Excuse me. I, I, uh, your arm is touching my arm. Do you think you just scoot over a little bit, please? You're practically in my, in my lap. I, just, I need a little elbow room. Thank you. Wait a second, H- Howard, who, who is that? Uh, my friend wants to know who you are. What do you mean who I am? Who cares who I am? Who are you? I'm starting a little bit annoyed here. I, 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 Move back a little bit. Why do you have to be sitting on me? Is that, is that someone in the waiting room with you? Well, yeah, we got a packed waiting room here. Why have you been here for two and a half but hours? But, but how, how, how close are you sitting bes- beside the, the, the other people in the waiting room? Close enough to hear every damn word that's coming through his cell phone. Well, pretty close. Like in inches? Well, don't you think that's kind of rude? Welcome to the wonderful world of cell phones. Oh, well, what do you care? That's your, that's your bread and butter. All day long, people listen to your conversations. Well, yeah, but Howard, I'm on the radio. I'm not sitting in a doctor's waiting room. I really don't see the difference, frankly. M- maybe you should call me back later. I, I, I mean, I... I oh, it's... my 
getting tum tum. Just you gotta stay on with me for a little bit here, because I'm because I'm I'm really not feeling well. I've really done myself some harm. I'm 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 sorry you feel sick, but I I gotta get back to work. Okay, so mm. I feel so sick. Just... Are are you are you eating? Hmm. Just to keep my energy up. Excuse me. I don't feel well. You're getting chocolate crumbs all over me. It's gonna stain my pants. Are are you eating chocolate? I'm not. I don't know if I understand your tone. Are you eating chocolate? Yes. You just you just got sick swallowing the chocolate bar wrapper. I'm not eating the wrapper this time. Yeah, you're a real brainiac there. Just the chocolate. That was a mistake. I didn't know. Smart thinking there. Are you bring this up for the rest of my life? Excuse me, sir. Can you take your cell phone and go outside? It's too much. What do you mean? I'm just having a conversation. Okay, H- Howard. Howard, I, it's 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 it strikes me as a little rude. You know that. It, it, you're it, right. It, it is very rude. I'm trying to have a private conversation here, and then and, and this guy. First of all, you're eavesdropping, sir. It's not my fault you have no one to speak to. Some people, eh? Howard, that's 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 horrible. How could you talk to people that way? You know, not only is it rude. You know, you're 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 with people who are really sick. You know, people who have uh, real illnesses. You know. What? Well, I guess. I know. I just I just don't feel well, and I, I just lashing out. I guess. And I'm sorry, guys. I can be such an ass sometimes. You deserve your peace and quiet because you're all suffering and waiting for the doctor also. And I'm sorry. It's like a family. Family. We argue, we bicker, but ultimately we all come together in our sickness. And at the end of the day, we all go our separate ways and we'll never see each other again. Like like autumn leaves falling off a tree. Some are red and some are yellow. Yes, sir, I am talking about you because you are quite yellow. This man is jaundiced. Oh, man. Oh, I hope they call me in soon because these people are driving me. Well, oh, I have an idea. Maybe you can interview some of these people for the show. It would raise their spirits. You get like one of those slice of life kind of, you know, everyone's got a story to tell. Howard. Like mine, like I had a candy wrapper. Who knows what the guy next to me. No, like, that's... Maybe having a toe amputated or something like that. Howard, I, I don't think hey, that's you know a... You know what I got on the phone with me right now? I got Jonathan Goldstein. No, that's... From the that... Canadian, Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. John, John I'm going I'm to pass you over. No, Howard, no, I don't want you to do you. that. I'm going to pass you over. I'm going to pass you over. Hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, boy, I'm sorry to bother you. Yeah. Um, how, how, how are you? How am I? I've been sitting in this little room since 7 this morning. I'm hungry. I haven't eaten anything. There's this gentleman who does nothing but talk and yell and scream. You need me to play musical chairs. I can't what? even stand up. I am like My whole leg is just covered in this, this red gash, and he's making us play musical chairs. You know, we're in a doctor's office here. We're not in a, we're not in a daycare. I, I, start, I don't know why I have to be here. More importantly, why does this man have to be here? You just need to hear all that stuff. He's a busy man. You have a finger. They take, they take an entire arm. Hey, I just gotta wipe down the phone. Are you wiping off the phone? Well, sir, you're sick, and you know, you're using my cell phone. You just passed me your I phone. Mean, you're wiping you off the phone for you're afraid of my germs. I'm here for my leg, not for my germs. Put your socks back on, please. I can smell your feet from here. Pardon me, sir. My feet do not smell. Put your socks on. Okay, guys, guys, I have an idea. I have an idea. Let's have a little doctor-themed waiting room sing-along. Okay, wait, John. I'm gonna put you on speakerphone. Howard, right. how does it? Everyone knows the song "Good Lovin." Hey, good loving. Will it pacify you? Yeah, it'll pacify all of us. I want you to sing like healthy people, okay? Okay. I was feeling so bad. Howard, what are you doing? I asked my family, doctor, just what I had. Are you crazy? I said, doctor, for everybody. You're not dead yet. Doctor. 
Mr. MD, doctor, can you tell me, tell me, tell me what's ailing me? Doctor. He said, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yes, indeed. Mr. Chakwitz, the doctor's ready to see you. Oh, that's me. Okay, guys, keep on singing. Keep the spirit up. Everybody, I'm together. Come on, together. Give me that good, good love. Oh, uh, your, your leg's oozing. We got a bleeder. Oh, One, two, three. I'm at the casino. I'm in a phone booth. Listen, Gregor, there isn't much time. What do you mean you're in the casino? Where, where are you? I'm in Las Vegas, Nevada. What are you doing in Las, Las Vegas? Palace Casino, but I need you to do me a favor. Do you want my whole life story? Or you want to do me a favor? Well, oh, what, what? Yeah, what's the matter? Nothing's the matter. I just lost a few bucks at the tables, and I need you to do me a favor. I need to count. What, what do you want? What do you want me to do? I need you to come down here. I, I need you to bring five thousand dollars. Okay, Gregor, it's three in the morning. Okay, I don't have five thousand dollars. What do you? Five thousand dollars. We go to the blackjack tables. I'm gonna hit you in the ribs with a cattle prod. You start to seize on the floor like a heart attack kind of thing. I clear off the chips and we're both out of there. I'm back up and we're out. That's it. I, I don't even know where to start. How, how does it... You have a cattle prod? Oh, come on, John. What, you never been to with a cattle prod before? Don't be such a baby. No, no, I haven't. Wait, how how is that going to result in you getting money? What, do you need to know every detail? It's going to result in me getting money because when the paramedics come out and drag you off in a stretcher, I'm going to grab a few chips. I'm just telling them even. I'm not talking about stealing from the house. Gregor, you're talking crazy talk. I, I mean, I, 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 one second. I, I have a, I could, would you want me to send you a check or something? I mean, a I check. could. Yeah, I'll just wait seven to ten days for it to clear while they take my thumbs in the basement with a hacksaw. How much do I ask of you? You're How asking me to take a six-hour flight down so you can continue gambling through the night? What, 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 no, what, no, what? I'm asking you to make a lot of money. What time is it in Las Vegas? What do you want? The weather report, farmer's almanac? <laughs> just get on a plane, come down here with $5,000. I'm double double down. I'm double down? It doesn't even make sense to me. Gregor, I'm half asleep. What? 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 Okay. You, are you losing money? Okay, I, I'm not losing money. I already lost it. I got to earn it back. How so. much did you lose? Fifteen. I need you to come 15, down. Fifteen. Fifteen what? Fifteen thousand. What do you, you think? Fi- if you come to Las Vegas because I lost fifteen dollars, I think I put in my other pants and they did the laundry and I lost fifteen dollars. I lost fifteen thousand dollars. You happy? Just get on a plane. Come down here. It's very simple. I, I, I have work. I have to be at work in four hours. Uh, should I bring the casino to you? Would that be more convenient? I, I, I can't. I, I'm, I'm not. I, I can't do this. You see? This is exactly what I'm talking about. What are you talking about? Talking about the fact that when I need to rely on my friend Johnny, he doesn't come through for me. Well, Gregor, I mean, I, I don't think this is a situation of rely. I mean, you know, you, I, 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 I situation. I'm not in Vegas. I'm not in a casino. I didn't lose fifteen thousand dollars. I'm not an idiot. I was just calling you to test you out and see where you stood when I need you when the chips are down. You're not in Las Vegas. No, I'm not in Las Vegas. I don't understand what you're trying to prove. I wanted to know that I could count on you. 
like someone would come to Las Vegas to to I, a, to, I to a bet understand. in your gambling. Yeah, you don't understand. It's called relying on someone. No, I was. I think I was that. doing the right thing. Yeah, you're doing the right thing. Well, yeah. I mean, I I, I shouldn't be encouraging you to, to to be to be. Go back to bed. Go back. Enjoy your sweet sleep. My, my well, I'm not going to be able to get back to bed now. My my adrenaline's going like crazy. Listen, I got a flight at six fifty. As long as you're awake, you want to come meet me in a half an hour. We'll go to the diner, get a burger deluxe, and you can just take me from there to the airport. Is that why you were calling me? No. But I figure as long as you're up, it works out pretty good. It does work out pretty good. That's why you phoned me in the first place. No, don't be ridiculous. It, it is. Don't. You just want to ride to the airport. Don't be insane. If I wanted to ride to the airport, I'd just ask for a ride to the airport. What do you think, I'm crazy? And what would happen? You'd probably say no. I would. Yeah, well, look at you now. Here we are on the way to the airport. All right, okay, fine. Look, I'm, I'll, I'll be there in about a half an hour. Just be outside, okay? I'm not going to be outside. It's cold out. It's still nighttime. Just ring my doorbell. That way you can help me carry my luggage out. It's kind of heavy. Oh, okay. That, that's... I'll see you soon. And bring $500. Why? I just told you. I'm going to take a trip. I need to have a little time. What do you mean? Bring your own one. I could bring it if I had it. A little pocket trip. Wiretap today, you heard Gregor Ehrlich, Howard Chakowitz, and Professor Richard Wiseman, author of The Luck Factor. And as the waiting room patients, you heard the incomparable Ari Cohen, the eminent beyond comparison Bernie Moreau, and the not suitable for comparison and punctual John Tucker. Wiretap is produced by Jonathan Goldstein, with Mira Bergwintonic and Carolyn Warren. Tune into Wiretap Sunday at 1, 4 Pacific Time and Wednesday evenings at 11.30. You can also hear Wiretap across North America on Sirius Satellite Radio 137. Reach us to our website at cbc.ca slash wiretap. Standing on a corner Got my transistor radio in my hand Hey, what's that over there? It sounds like CBC Radio with Jonathan Goldstein, you're listening to Wiretap. Hey, he's my man. Ooh. Sweet John. Sweet John. Whoa, whoa, whoa.